Hey guys, uh, do you want to hear something interesting about my week? I do. Well, actually, um, Jade and I, we've reached a very difficult decision. Uh, we don't want children. Mm. Uh, so if anybody does, please just send me your contact details and uh, we can drop them off tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that is on theme. I like that. <laughs> Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk account, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk account, drunk account, drunk accountant. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. And I'm Tim. And with us today, for the second time, which I think officially does make you a friend of the podcast, is Mike Mortlock uh, from MCG Quantity Surveyors. Thanks for having me back. I mean, I did come, I got the t-shirt, so what yeah. else have I got to do? <laughs> Are you wearing the shirt right now? Uh, it, it looks like I could be, and this is <laughs> live, guys, but no. I was wearing it the other day, the day before we recorded um, for my show, because you mm. guys have come back, so we're both friends on each other's shows. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's lovely. It is. <laughs> it is nice. It's a nice little thing we've got going. Mm. Yeah. How have you been, Mike, since the last time you came on? We've, we've had a bit happening in the world. Well, since then. We, I was in person, right? I came yeah. Down, yeah. Uh, to sunny Wyong, or as Erin, <laughs> as I sometimes say. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and yeah, we had a lot of fun. We did, we did your show. We did my show. I can't remember what we talked about, but, um, but that was good. And yeah, the world is, the world's changed a little bit. Yeah, just a bit. My, my world's definitely changed. I, I got rid of the pen that I uh, had during recording that day. I don't know if you recall. But, uh, I, I recall that very vividly. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was an affront. That was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I've, actually got, I've actually got a hat in my office, I just realized, from uh, an accountant in, uh, in Newcastle. <laughs> I should bung that on just to get a sense of how it feels. No, you should burn it. <laughs> Even just the thought of that hat being next to you right now is, I can understand how you felt. Mm. So I, I apologize profusely for yeah. that. Easy to happen. So t today on the podcast, we're, we're here to talk to Mike about uh, an, an index and some, some research that, uh, that he and, and, and the team uh, put together around a rental loss index by suburb. So it's going to be quite interesting. Uh, essentially, they did a bit of uh, did a bit of the maths, did a bit of uh, checking up of the data, and, and found which suburbs um, had the most loss per property. I believe it, it, it's it's mainly by, but also by totals. And so we'll dive into that later in the episode. But uh, first, Tim, what, what is, is the Tim, the Tim and, and Dan Low? There we go. That was probably one of our better ones via Zoom. <laughs> How did that sound, Mike? Was it okay? I, I, I love the fact that you could actually sort of nail that and maybe even auto-tune it a little bit. It wouldn't hurt. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then put it in as a button, but you just, you just refuse and you just try and nail it live every time. There's a beauty to that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like some of those buildings where they put like a, a metal on it that they know will rust. It's sort of like this beauty and decay. Yeah. That's the vibe I'm getting. It's actually yeah. a house just down from from where i am that that has that metal that rusts and i remember when they put it up there i was like oh that's a weird design and then over time it turned completely to rust i'm like oh i see i see now i see what mm. they did yes yeah, there is beauty to that 
and tetanus injections have gone yeah. up 20% <laughs> in the local area. Well, um, have you heard of wabi-sabi pottery? I'm not just making this up. This is a legit thing. Sounds very hipster. Mm. Well, it's, it's Japanese and um, it's all about how... Uh, or it's about kintsugi and how broken things are beautiful. Yeah, and so that's that's what that's all about. Dan and I are just following the uh, kintsugi philosophy. I like that. That's that's when they like break the plates and they put them back together and they, you, you leave the cracks in it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And like people with wrinkles are really beautiful mm. in Japan. So that's what I'm destined for. There's in my the retirement plan sorted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just move to Japan. I'm going to be on the cover of Vogue. <laughs> I frown a lot. Just, I think I, I think I came out of the womb with a scowl, just like going on here. Yeah, <laughs> resting frown face. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have these really deep cheek um, lines here from just smiling too much. I've got to stop smiling. So, mm. well, yeah. stick with me. I can. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, can help you with it. Bring you down a peg or two. Mm. Why don't we get into the index? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, Tim, how's uh, how's your week been? You've been good. You've been doing much. Been great. Um, I'm I'm uh, mining the ship this week, Dan, mm-hmm. because my business partner is on leave. So he is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been fantastic, actually. Yeah. Just uh, just enjoying calling the shots and nice. changing things. Yeah, it's making while, some big changes away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and just generally running amok. So love it, love it. Uh, I am on leave. Happened to be recording a podcast and was working for a few hours last night, but but you know leave. <laughs> it's still on it. It's lockdown leave. Yeah, it's lockdown it leave. Is. Yeah, it's good fun. <laughs> I tell you what, I'd I'd much rather be doing that than being Hamilton Island where where we were meant to be. Uh, so yeah, definitely wasn't missing being at that wedding in Hamilton Island on Monday. That we should have been at. <laughs> yeah, another time. Uh, what wh- what about you, Mike? What's the uh, Tim and Dan low from your end? Uh, well, I've been on Zwift, which um, would be a great sponsor for this show. So, anyway, yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, Dan needs a new bike. Yeah. So, I've been doing, uh, I had this thing where I was riding 500 kilometers for cancer in September, and I ticked that over after 16 days. So, now nice. I'm just sort of putting the feet up. I think I'm, I might try and just do a thousand, but it's good. Wow. It's good fun. I'm really enjoying that. Like, you, there's a, there's a thing where you can sort of go through like rural Japan with cherry blossoms and there's a bear that tries to get like a honey thing <laughs> free. And there's all sorts of weird little widgets you can you can ride past That's a cool. parasaural office. Like it's good. I'm enjoying it. Do you, nice. do you ever see Osha? I know uh, he's always posting that he's on, on Zwift riding around with people. Really? Mm. Wait, wait, you ride with people? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're real people. I mean, there's there's one or two sort of computer people which are pace setters, but pretty much okay. everyone in there um, is real. And I've been hit by a car cycling twice, so like, <laughs> this this is this is my jam. Like, I'm sorry, I laughed at that. I, I shouldn't have laughed at that. Well, I mean, I'm it here. It is funny. Yeah. It's just the way you said. It. Tra- I, like, the trauma, the trauma is still fresh. I wasn't <laughs> expecting. I just wasn't expecting the way you said it. I've been hit twice, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a lot, you know, like you could go your whole life without being hit hit by a car, but it's happened to me twice. Um, but amazingly, I actually have fallen off my bike in Zwift. <laughs> my stationary bike, I went for uh, a green jersey sprint and I didn't have it connected at the back perfectly 
and oh, I no. and I and I fell off in, <laughs> and and terrified the cats and I think I still only came third, which like it wasn't worth it. No, <laughs> you're just riding hard. That's what you're doing. You know, putting your yeah. body on the line. Yeah, that's right. It's a dangerous sport in the living room stationery. <laughs> but it, does it push you? The other riders, it pushes you to go a bit harder. Yeah, yeah. Like I, 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 I sort of was doing a race and I was in like a pack of five people in roughly 35th position <laughs> and like I I smacked them in the last K and sprinted to the line because I'm just nice. like and I'm like if anyone's getting 31st position it's not going to be there <laughs> it's so, so ridiculous and I'm cycling in a degrade thing anyway I'm 10 <laughs> kilos overweight but I'm just like I'm just competitive <laughs> it's crazy that's great that's so good um yeah well that's that's good it actually makes me want to have a go at swift does it tell you like what level they are or like does it have some sort of i don't know indication of their experience points well you can sort of see pretty quickly when someone burns past you at like five watts per kilo that they're not (laughs) going to be a mug i'm pretty sure i got passed by chris Froome. Um, right. who, who was on there once he's on there as C through me. Cause I think someone took <laughs> it and I saw the photo and I'm like, you, you look like you're 95 kilos and Chris Froome is, I think about 62 ringing wet. Um, <laughs> and he smashed me. So yeah, you, you see people that are pushing big Watts per kilo. Um, so with Zwift, obviously the, the main measure is the power, the wattage that you're putting uh, right. into the cranks, you know, divided by your weight there you go. getting around over four or five watts per kilo then they're pretty serious that's awesome so the lighter you are the more powerful you're going to be per kilo skinny is fast yeah skinny is fast if you if you look at tour de france cyclists or or triathletes they're they're always kind of sick looking right it's (laughs) It's true it's the edge of health like there was a photo of chris Froome. if you don't know him he won the tour de france a couple of times there's a photo of him nude on a bike which i just i wish i hadn't (laughs) <laughs> but it looked like a skeleton and i mean he had those awful tan lines but it just looked absolutely <laughs> disgusting and, and I, i'm semi-retired but i remember like um a really lean weight for me is about 82 kilos but i raced at 75 76 and it was always kind of like calorie restriction going to bed hungry because uh, my power didn't drop if i lost that extra five or six kilos so okay. That makes a bit of a difference in in the run, but a huge yeah. difference in the bike. Yeah, there you go. That's fascinating. I really like. Good. I really like cycling, but I just I don't want to be hit twice by a car. Once, <laughs> once was sort of fine. It was like at a roundabout at, at Nobby's, you know, where that ship landed yeah, um, yep. mm-hmm. on the sand. And this guy sort of pulled out at me at the roundabout and I was only probably going 20 k's an hour and the sun was in his eyes and he got out and um, I I wasn't really angry, but I was like, oh, what is this about? And he got out and he was like in his mid seventies and he was shaking and I just kind of worried about him. Like I just (laughs) shook his hand and said, I'm okay, don't worry about it. And and, uh, it was all right. The other one um, car pulled out of me, I got um, you can see on my Garmin, I was doing 59 kilometers an hour and then oh, it just went to zero, pulled out in front of me. I flew over the bonnet and oh. lost a lot of skin, split the helmet and oh, um, lo- yeah, a lot of road rash. Had a walking stick, which I actually made quite fashionable. I wish I <laughs> for um, yeah, a good couple of months. 
Jeez, that's no good. That's no good. I can understand the Zwift focus then. Yeah, and I mean, I I fell off and I did hurt myself a little bit, but it was more funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting hit by a car is yeah, it's not as funny. No, I can understand that. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's keep moving on then, Tim. Business update today. Uh, one business update that we had um, was that if you're in New South Wales. Uh, you do have to retest for your job saver. Um, and this is going to be every fortnight, which is which is something that they announced at the last minute a couple of weeks ago, uh, seem to have finally come to some conclusions on it. And essentially every fortnight now you've got to retest uh, against the same period that you tested before or the same period in the years that you tested before. Um, but we, we might do another episode on this in a bit more detail, but just to update everyone, um, from this Sunday, you have to retest. Yeah. I think what would be good is if we released a video, Dan, yep. showing the email that you receive mm-hmm. to retest and then running through some of the things you need to do. Because yep. the tricky part is retesting the turnover. Mm. That's That really is a tricky part. And you even said, Dan, there is still uncertainty. CPA, uh, which is really nice of them, sent us a text message over the weekend yep. uh, with some guidelines on... Uh, how the job saver retesting of the criteria is going to work. Um, and so I believe somewhere in there and your other research, you you noticed that you may be able to retest every fortnight. Yep. Even if you aren't eligible, say, in the first retest, maybe in the second, you will be. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, I think the main point to know about this is by Sunday, um, this could all be different. So uh, <laughs> watch for our videos because we will we will let you know uh, but hopefully it remains fairly consistent. Yeah, there's just no point launching on it right now. Yeah. Because as the government has done many times, they're probably going to pull the rug out from under our feet. So, Exactly, exactly. Cool. <laughs> the same government that bought you the NBN. The yeah. <laughs> the submarines we've had to say we're not oh. going to anymore because they're no good. Yeah. Shout oh out God. to all of our French listeners. Apologies. Mm. Not to mention the uh, $100 million, like, should gay people get married exercise? Yeah. Everyone <laughs> kind of went like, yeah, they should. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just uh, oh, say yes? Let's not even get started on AstraZeneca and how people younger than 60 weren't meant to get that for a yeah. long time. Mm. Let's not even talk about that either. Yeah. So. Well, that, that's actually on my Tim and Dan though, actually then, Tim. I, I get my second dose this week as well as you. Me too. Same day. Yeah. Friday. What yep. time are you going? Uh, four. Yeah. yeah, I'll be there at eleven. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter. Like they're not, they don't let you sort of meet up. Do no, they? very strict <laughs> on that. <laughs> well, I think we're even getting it at different places anyway, so it's fine. Oh, okay. I thought it was the same place. No, different places. Cool. Different places. What about you, Mike? You an anti-vaxer or <laughs> sorry, too, <is> that... <laughs> <That's> <laughs> too soon? Too soon? To... Uh, it's, no, it's fine. I'm having a bit of fun with it. I've got a. I started another podcast uh, a couple of months ago called Suburb Trolls, and we had an anti-vaxer call in, which was like really. It was actually a staged person. <laughs> we, we had a lot of we had a lot of fun with it. You know, talking about. Um, actually, I jumped on. I was doing some research for that podcast, and on New South Wales Health, there's some. FAQs and one of them, I kid you not, is like, will it connect? Will the vaccine connect me to the internet? <laughs> I saw you put that on social media. That was hilarious. It's just fantastic. And you know, will I get five G? You know, like, you know, will my will I now be sort of monitored? I think 
I got a message to all those people that are like I, I worry about civil liberties, but I think if you weren't into civil liberties before this pandemic, like don't jump on the bandwagon, right? Mm. But for all those people that are sort of worried about being tracked and followed, this might sting a little bit, but nobody like you're too boring. Like nobody's <laughs> actually interested. Don't, don't overestimate how interesting you are. Like people don't. Like Mark Zuckerberg is not going like, oh, what's Tim clicking on? Yeah, and, <laughs> but, but, and I was about to say that that's the more interesting bit. These people who are worried about you know being followed with, from having the vaccine and things are posting about it on Facebook, which mm. is following them <laughs> far more than the government ever has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, but you know, like um, if people want to fly a metal stringed kite in a thunderstorm with a tinfoil hat then good luck to you. yeah <laughs> yeah agreed agreed, agreed. Uh, all right tim do you have a tight ass tip i do i'm gonna go with another tight ass tip environment style okay this week all right so there is this awesome thing starting on the central coast Dan. i don't know if you've registered mm. but i have okay and it is for kirby which is all about soft plastics recycling mm-hmm so it's free, it's convenient, and uh, essentially it's a system where you get bags that you put into your recycling bin and you put all your soft plastics in there, which is once you start really looking at soft plastics in your bin, you don't realize how much soft plastic you use. Mm. This is like um, any packets that go around like fruit and vegetable, um, glad wrap, um, plastic bags potentially, and... Mm. Um, Basically, anything that's soft. Single-use uh, sort of plastic stuff. Yep. Exactly, exactly. So, all of that can go in your Kirby bag, in your recycling bin, and can be recycled by um, the council. So, because that has begun on the Central Coast, and I think it's only being rolled out in, in certain areas right now. Mike, is that happening in your area? Have you uh, heard like of that? We, our, our kitchen sink... You open that, and it's and it's and it's like an avalanche of plastic <laughs> stuff because the wife sort of hoards it there, and then she takes it to like Coles and Woolies have a bin you can put that soft plastic stuff in. Mm. Yeah. It'd be great if the council would do it. I, I live in Lake Macquarie, and we've got a we've got a pretty switched on environmental council, and we've got the bigger mm. recycling bin, and uh, yep. they even I think spookily um, you know rate your household recycling um, wow. skills because some people got some like. You've done a great job, stickers. So yeah, nice. Terrifying for these um, anti-vaxxers. Um, <laughs> but no, that would be great. That would just save us having to stuff the kitchen sink with stuff. Yeah. And it's all done um, on an app. It's quite technologically savvy and uh, I'm all for it. I think, it, I I think like it's that. a winner. Yeah, because these are things that normally we couldn't put in through the recycling bin. Um, yeah, it's going to divert it from uh, landfill, landfill yeah. essentially. So, I like that a lot. I might um, send me some info about that, Tim. I will. I'd like to read it's the literature. Free. It's completely free. So I'm very happy that our council, which has been, you know, pretty let's shit. just say a little bit shit, mm. uh, it's it's picking up its act and doing some cool stuff like that. Nice. That's cool. I love it. That's a good one. All right. Well, let's move on to our main topic for the day then. And that is talking about uh, the rental loss index uh, with Mike. Mike. Let's just start off with the obvious question. What is a rental loss index for those who, who don't know? Well, it's an index, uh, Dan, <laughs> rental losses. And, you know, people say, oh, why did you come up with the index? I just kind of thought, I just kind of wanted an index. 
Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a cool thing to do. You know, there's um there's an index I really like called the um it's like the crane count index. Mm. I wish I'd thought of that because that's so much easier to produce. You just stand at a window and go one, two. <laughs> oh, mine is actually a pig of a thing to to create monthly. But um, so I'm a I'm a quantity surveyor. My specialty is is on the tax side of things, so commercial and resi. But most of the stuff that I talk about is residential stuff for property investors. Mm. Now, if you're a property investor, you do not want a property that that's not giving you rent because you may have to sell it, you get into financial distress and all that sort of thing. Now, um, what the index really does is it looks at uh, every suburb in Australia and it counts the number of properties that are rented in that suburb and it counts the number of properties that have been vacant for 21 days or more. So we call mm-hmm. that a naughty rental, right? That's <laughs> been advertised for rent for, for 21 days, so it obviously hasn't got a tenant, so the landlord is not making money on that. Then we look at the split between houses and units and we get a median rent for houses and a median rent per unit and then we apportion it because it might be a 90% unit suburb. So then we work out the number of vacant properties um, over the total number of rental properties in that area to get a percentage and we can just work out how much the average property investor per suburb is losing per month due to vacancies. So um, there's a few sort of little complexities that go into building it. But at the end of the day, we get a total rental losses. Um, So on our um, index, which is rentlossindex.com.au, you can see the areas that have the the most losses. So this is not necessarily per property, but it, it might just be, say, and the suburbs which have a huge amount of, of investment properties. Mm. And then we look at um, per suburb, well, what is the actual number per investor in each suburb? So totals and then average per investor. And then we have a decile index as well. So if, you're, if your rating is 10, that is the worst, mm. you're in the top 10% for, for rental losses. And it's it's been interesting to see it move around and it's been interesting to really zero in in where are the areas where the investors have really been suffering in a rental market that is actually historically very, very tight. Mm. Yeah, and so it's, that is fascinating. So you'd imagine an inner city suburb would probably have a far larger total because there's a lot more available apartments and things being rented compared to say Wyong, but but it could be that let's say Wyong's uh, per property amount could be worse. So you might end up having a situation where one that tops the list on the total uh, isn't at the top of per property losses. Yeah. 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 That example I think is not true, but it could be true. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Theoretically. Um, so for for example, the the t- what top the the suburb that topped the list um, at the end of July 2021 um, was Melbourne with with just under 2.4 million of rental losses for that particular month. Wow. Um, so that is a big chunk. Obviously, it's a very dense area. But one thing that we've found in common for for the suburbs that are topping the list is they tend to be. Uh, unit markets with a high density. So, mm, yeah. what's happened uh, since the pandemic started is we've seen um, the the CBD apartment market really suffer from vacancies because. Yeah. 
we lost international students. Uh, Airbnb sort of stopped happening. So a lot of those apartments came on the long-term rental market because there wasn't yeah. any sort of holiday money to make. Yeah. And some of those Airbnb places were doing, you know, twice as good as they were in the long-term market. So you weren't seeing them. Uh, another thing that we're seeing in common for regions that are suffering is their proxi proximity to universities. So it's still the same sort of thing. You're going to have international students and you're going to have students that are living in and around those campuses. Yeah, that yeah, makes a lot true. of sense because, you know, let's just say, for example, I, I went to UNSW, there was a whole bunch of places around there in, in Randwick and Kensington that were all just student accommodation, which theoretically I mean, it's just empty then no one would be there. there's mm. no international students people living at home now instead of near the university because it's all online so those suburbs would be struggling right now um, mm. but but it, how often is this going to be updated yeah we update it monthly yeah um, the data for what are we we've just finished uh, August um, was the last month the data is coming in today for that so there's been a bit of a delay this month so there's normally a, a couple of weeks lag on mm. the data but we look at the sort of the closed months mm. um, so we're updating that monthly and and on that rent loss index you can actually enter in your suburb and postcode and figure out oh. what your average rental losses are wow. and where you sit in the index so I did Wyong for example Mm, uh, yep. As a homage to you blokes, the average <laughs> rental loss per landlord each month is $23.93, uh, which puts you at, at number six. So it's kind of like um, a mid-pack. But with that being uh, a, a decile uh, ranking, you, you're finding areas like, say, Box Hill, for example, which topped the list. It has an index of 10 and the average loss... Yeah per property per month is 756 bucks, but you could still be in the top 10% of losses at a hundred bucks. So it's, you know, it's seven times worse. So mm. that's where the decile index has a little bit of a weakness because there's such a huge um, disparity. Sure. But to keep it in context, we're, we're talking about a property market or a rental market, which is really at crisis levels. Mm. Um, anyone that sort of um, has, has, eyes or ears has probably heard from somebody that's really struggling to find accommodation. I've had a few people that I went to school with send me text messages saying, do you know any agents at this particular place? Because they're just kind of desperate to get some sort of in. Uh, wow. I really feel for people uh, in the rental market at the moment. Yeah. I, and that, that's mm. why this uh, list surprised me a little bit when I was looking at it because, yeah, you do hear anecdotally that even around where we are, Tim, um, mm. People literally bidding on rentals. You know, yep. you know, it's it's advertised for six hundred bucks a week, and and people are submitting an application saying, "Yeah, we'll pay you six fifty, You know, and we can pay two months up front. That's our offer, and then someone else outbids yep. that, and then and then that's what happens. So, kind of looking at the list and seeing that there is areas that are struggling, um, but then when you dive a little bit further in, like you're saying, Mike, that yeah, these are probably the more densely populated. Um, apartments and units um, that rely more on the international uh, students or, or, or those yeah. things, um, it makes more sense. The other thing I like to do is, is looking at it, you know, just looking at the suburb. I just put in Bado Bay now, rental. That's loss, what I just put in. Yeah, yeah. rental loss per each month, $15.90. So <laughs> really, yeah, and if you, if you times that out for a year, it's like, all right, well, you know, on average, you're losing 200 bucks. Um mm a year which which isn't even a week's rent so yeah. you can assume then in Bado Bay on average 
you will have a tenant in for the entire year, maybe one mm. week off. <laughs> Yeah, and that's in real yeah. terms. That's probably going to be a vacancy rate of about naught point eight percent. Yeah, and anything under two percent is is in tight territory. Mm. Um, so so when you sort of see that index at you know uh, Bado Bay, I think was four. You said yeah, Dan, four. Um, Wyong was six. Um, that that's still that's still tight, you know. Like that mm. that decile index number can be a little bit sort of misleading. I, I am actually in version two point going to put some metrics, um, you know, mm. sort of one to ten from different price points because it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, that the, the index might show well there are no risk tens in two years time because investors have come back into the market. Um, it's it's a very tight um, it's a very tight rental market for most parts of Australia, and I guess my my hope is that the the rent loss index, because we're producing it for free, it just becomes one of those investor due diligence sort of stop mm. points where mm. they're looking at, you know, purchasing in a certain area. They can go, okay, well, well, how much of a vacancy risk is this suburb going to expose me to? Yeah, uh, I was literally looking at a rental property in Melbourne East in the last few months, and that right. is an MCG index number ten. So, mm. with an average loss per property per month of $285. Not great. Which is a huge difference. Mm. It's a massive difference. When you're talking like usually, I mean, the calculations, uh, you might make $50 a week if you're lucky on that property if it's rented out. So Yeah, so if if, if at the moment you're losing <clears throat> $250 a month, then then you're not gaining that $50 bucks a week. <laughs> you, you're, yeah. you're breaking even at best. At best, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, in July, Malvin Malvin East actually made um, the tenth spot um, for for rental losses, uh, and and it's a bit unusual too because if you have a look at the house versus unit mix, it's it's much more of a of a house um, market than it is a unit market. But occasionally, you will see some unusual things pop up, like in the northern beaches. Um, I think it was Palm Palm Beach, you know. Near yeah, that I saw of, that there. I was very know, confused by that. Yeah, sort of areas, but, you know, those those areas are popping up on the index because you, you you haven't got to have too many of them vacant at the the rental mm. prices that they charge. Like it could be a couple of grand a weekend for some of those properties, and mm. and these are holiday homes um, that just haven't been been getting the use because people haven't been able to travel um, interstate or even into LGA to make use of these. So the index does uncover some unusual things sometimes. How, what, um, and, and you may have said this at the start, what time period does this sort of index cover? Is is it um, a 12-month sort of thing uh, or is it over a number of years? Is, it, yeah, look, the, the index is just looking at a snapshot for the past month. Yep. Um, so we're looking at the vacancies, mm. uh, the number of, of delinquent properties at 21 days or more per month. Per month. Um, so, so I'm yet to do any sort of time series modelling mm. to show, you know, places Trends. that are mm. that are tightening or, or, or loosening over time. Um, that'll probably wait for, say, one of my leave weeks, like yourself, Dan, <laughs> you do sort of just some different type of work yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that would be interesting to see i think this is really fascinating to see as a snapshot right now what are these things doing um but it would be also be cool to over time see those trends change and just you know mm. graph that along and say okay oh yeah i can see in in you know in melbourne east right now not great but 
but historically mm. it's been pretty good and and yes. you know that might mean that the value right now might be down so it might actually be a good idea to grab it at the moment you know so mm. those sort of things um those sort of things would be interesting there are I agree. there are little things uh and this is going to be like a, a shameless plug for for what i do but it, it, on on our website we've got a research um portal which actually allows you to to zoom in on suburb metrics mm. um so under about mcg there's a research thing and then there's a, a property suburb research you can actually type in any suburb in australia and that will give um, some some inventory measures like the number of houses um, per sale uh, for sale versus demand. It'll give yeah. you things like vacancies and it'll give you some trends as well. Um, and it's also got some predictive modelling in there. So this is not something that that I've built. This is built by um, Suburb Trends that we partner with. And he's my uh, Kent is my co-host on the Suburb Trolls podcast uh, where nice. we talk sort of property data and also the occasional bit of filth. Yep. <laughs> 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 well, our listeners here do enjoy the occasional bit of filth. So, um, yeah. What what surprised you? Was there anything that going through this, a result came out and you thought, well, that's not what I expected or, or mm. um, geez, that suburb is not what I was thinking or or was there anything that, that was a surprise? It's a good, that's a good question because when we first crunched this index, I was sort of thinking like, oh, the media is just going to love this. And we had some great sort of national attention with, with realestate.com and, and mm. got syndicated and that sort of stuff. And the journalists get the data and they're like, oh, this is fantastic. And, and then, I, you know, it'll come up like Caulfield East tops the list and they say, why? And I thought, and then I just kind of realized, I don't know. <laughs> um, this is a problem. I didn't think they were going to ask me that. I have no idea. I'm like, what's going on in Caulfield East? You know, what's what's mm. happening in, in Box Hill? So I actually had to reach out to some um, buyers agents that I worked with that are familiar with those sorts of areas. And and Palm Beach was a good example. I'm like, what's going on with Palm Beach? It's like Richville, mm. you know, like mm. I, I don't understand why it's on that list, but it's just those holiday homes that are worth a fortune that kind of skews the index. But yeah. One thing that we found was that really the proximity to the universities was the was the biggest correlation for for topping the index. It, that that um, I, I guess it was. I guess it makes sense because we've talked about it and we're like, oh yeah, no students, you know, domestic, international. But yeah. at the beginning, I was just kind of like, well, why are there why are there these little red hot pockets? And it just took one person to say. Uh, University, you know, University mm. of, of Melbourne or Monash or UCID, and and it just that that's the real hotspot. Yeah, it just goes to show how much of an export that service is mm. for Australia. Yeah, I thought it was just coal, but um, <laughs> we've, got, we've got other stuff, thankfully, that are less uh, toxic to the environment. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it, Mike. Uh, this is this is some really interesting t- statistics, and um, yeah, uh, well, one I'm, thing I'm interested to see. Looking at at the the total rental losses per suburb list mm. here, um, number one, Melbourne, two point four mil, roughly. Um, so much bigger than Sydney, six hundred ninety six thousand. I would have thought they would have been similar. Mm. Is is there in the actual suburb of Melbourne? Is there more um, residential units or something or, or is it just that Melbourne's doing particularly poorly at the moment? <laughs> yeah, Melbourne's doing terrible today with having an actual earthquake. So um, Yeah, really? Yeah, did you hear that? It, it, yeah. Apparently you could feel it on the, on the central coast today. 
but what? But I didn't feel anything. Mm. Wow. No, I'm disappointed. I'd love hmm. to feel it. I mean, I don't want anyone to be harmed, but I'd love love to feel that. I missed out on the Newcastle earthquake. I <laughs> didn't live here. I, 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 I felt two earthquakes in my life. One of them was um, was an earthquake when I was younger, uh, driving along. I d- we did feel that. The second one was I was in LA and I was we had to get up and go to the airport. It was pretty early in the morning. I was just kind of lying there in the bed and then suddenly there was just like a little tremor. And I was like, I think that was an earthquake. And then look at if you look at those yeah. the, the map of the tectonic plates, like it makes you not want to go anywhere near LA. No. <laughs> what is it? San Andreas? Yeah. Is that the fault line there? Yes. Mm. Yeah, they just get. And I went and asked the people when we we're leaving. I said, "Oh, was there an earthquake this morning?" And they're like, "Probably." Probably it's okay. LA. Yeah, it's like okay, cool. Uh, now your question, uh, Melbourne. Why does Melbourne suck? Yeah. Um, well, I think it, it. I think it comes to um, obviously there's there's a tourism thing. Like I mm. think Melbourne CBD is probably a more of an attractant to tourism than than Sydney CBD because you've got other sort of outlier pockets. Like you might go and stay in Manly or Bondi or something, and they're different mm. suburbs. Whereas Melbourne, it, I don't think it has quite the same equivalent. You know, maybe St Kilda and things like that. But it also speaks to the um, unit apartment oversupply. Uh, mm. which I think was, you know, really uh, is probably much more advanced than Sydney at the time. So Sydney certainly had an oversupply of apartments, but that was sort of taken up a little bit quicker. But Melbourne had an oversupply and so many apartment projects in the pipeline that it mm. really kind of suffered from, you know, ap- apartments that people were purchasing and, and 12 months later they they were worth the same or less than what they paid to, to, to a lesser extent in, in Brisbane as well. But I think that's the reason why Melbourne has suffered so much. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's very, it's well, very you interesting. Can see, I mean, Southbank is an interesting example there and that's definitely somewhere where tourists would stay, I'm sure. Um, yeah. And then Melbourne, even, I mean, they're <coughs> all pretty central well, suburbs in just, Melbourne there. Hawthorne. Eight out yeah. of the top 10 are all Victorian. Yeah places st kilda clayton melbourne east they're all very close to the cbd st kilda is obviously a bit of tourism happening there too so yeah but then the top Mm. average loss per property um far less just straight victoria places and you move more into new south wales couple of queenslanders yeah new south wales sort of dominates um the list i would say for for the for the um the top average losses Mm. um but yeah Yeah. totally Total losses is, is much more of a Victorian thing. Mm. Well, this is a really stuff. cool, uh, really cool tool, actually. So, how do people find it, Mike? You go to rentlossindex.com.au and it's there. Um, the suburb profiling stuff, um, you can go to our website, mcgqs.com.au, and under About Us, you'll see our research sort of stuff, which links to the to the index as well. Mm-hmm. And you can subscribe to the index so on that, um, rentlossindex.com.au, you fill in your details, and, and I'll make sure you're the first to get the juicy new data. Um, so that's updated uh, monthly. And there's a, a calculator you can use on that page to plug in your suburb. It's case yeah. sensitive, and you've got to chuck in your postcode it's a bit clunky if i'm honest <laughs> um, but it's free so yeah. you know you can have your yeah. money back if you don't like it 
But I, like, j- jokes aside, um, I did want an index. That sort of like an ego thing, you know. Like I felt like I can't, I can't really sort of retire without sort of a legacy of having an index. But now okay. that I have done it and I and I've run it for a couple of months, I, I I find it very very interesting myself. And I do think it has a genuine place in the due diligence for for property investors. It's just to see like what the vacancies are, and it tells a little bit of a a more detailed story than uh, what a vacancy rate might tell. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think as well. I think it's really fascinating and and um, I think it should be called the Mortlock Index. Oh, <laughs> missed some ego points there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no, it's all right. Yeah. The MCG, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's finish up the main topic there. But uh, yeah, I really like that. Go check out on the website and, and see how your suburb is going. Mm. Tim, do you have another thing? Do I? I do. I do. Uh, a bit of a weird one this week. It's a TV show I've been watching called Squid Game. Squid Game. It's oh. on Netflix. I saw a little picture of that pop up and it looked absolutely terrifying. I think I had to shoo the children away from it. Yeah, it's a bit gory. All of my other things are gory or like serial killers, which says more about my wife than, than me because she, she really does control most facets of our life. Um, and so <laughs> TV falls under that category. Um, but yeah, Squid Game, it's Korean. And it's dubbed, but it's actually dubbed quite well. Korea, they really make some good movies and TV shows. I've been really impressed by their quality lately. And this is south this ice. is it. What was that? South, I assume. It's, yeah, south. Definitely yeah. south. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're like marches and stuff, then then north. <laughs> oh, look, yeah. you know, there's some interesting stuff about North Korea out there too. Yeah. But um <laughs> but yeah, it's it's good. It's worth a watch. The only other thing I have as well, my other other thing is AFL Grand Final this week. Go the Demons. Mm, and if you want more uh, exclusive content around what Tim thinks will happen in the AFL Grand Final, tune in to last week's Too Drunk Footy mm. with uh, Gartho and the Foz. <laughs> and Blossom. And Blossom. Mike, Mike we, uh, we pulled the pin on any accounting related talk last week and we just went all footy. All footy. And how are the ratings? I haven't Not even sure. checked. <laughs> it was more for us. More for us. Yeah. <laughs> so why why the demon? Now I I uh, don't know a tremendous amount about uh, AFL. Um, the Bulldogs they won like last year or the year before, right? So they're back. So mm. everyone's kind of okay with them because they had a dry run. But Melbourne hasn't won for like fifty years or something. Correct. Correct. I'm kind of saying like because the, the the in Melbourne. AFL is is a religion. Like people say, that it's a bit of a cliche, but it's 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 weird. Like I can remember the police commissioner getting asked about a murder or something on the radio as I was driving through Melbourne, and they kind of finished it up with, "Yeah, anyway, so um, which team do you go for?" I'm like, "What is happening?" <laughs> but it, but it, it's like that. It is, yeah. And people can go their whole life having never won a premiership, and it's sort of like a psychological trauma that they have yes yeah i'm currently experiencing that so i'm an Essendon <laughs> fan and we uh we last won a grand final in the year 2000 and uh that was against melbourne funnily enough so this is the first grand final melbourne's been in since then but yeah they haven't won one for like 57 years mm. and um they are like the original club of the afl so they're the oldest club and uh 
you'd think they're probably, given they are Melbourne, the centre of Victoria, they'd be pretty good. But, yeah, starved of success. So uh, should be good to see how it goes. I do feel sorry for the fans, though, that the grand final is in Western Australia because of COVID. Mm. Which sucks. Does that mean that it starts at a more friendly time for, for East Coasters? It's actually funny. I saw some Facebook comments. Um, someone was saying, "I'm not." It's, so it's a night grand final, and someone uh, posted a thing saying, "I'm not keen on a night grand final." And um, a Western Australian said, "Well, it'll be delayed by four hours anyway, so it'll start at three o'clock here and seven o'clock for you guys." And um, then they realised actually that's just the amount of time it takes to fly. From, uh, from Perth to Melbourne. So, <laughs> sorry, I might have got that wrong. Uh, so, some nuffies online. But, yeah, it's a, it's a night grand final. And I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I think about grand final as grand final day, mm. not grand uh, final evening. So, um, no one says grand final evening, do they? No. So, I mean, uh, no one else yeah. in the podcast watches AFL, Tim. So, we, we, don't, <laughs> we don't say anything. <laughs> That's not true, Dan. Yeah. We've had people message in. <laughs> some Kilda fans and whatnot. So I like the cats. I always went for the cats. Okay, Gary I just that flowing mullet as he sort of leapt over other gentlemen, which sort of oh. sounds a bit sort of vote yes now that I talk <laughs> about it. Um, and Billy Brownless came to our town and kicked a football over a silo. I think it's the most famous. Oh wow, that happened. That's yeah. pretty big. Yeah, yeah. that is a big. big silo. <laughs> Another thing, uh, just quickly before we move away from the AFL, Tim, my uh, Brownlow prediction was correct, by the way. Yes, Ollie Wines. Yeah. He, he, uh, he won the Brownlow yeah. on Sunday night. <laughs> well done, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you did well. All right. My other thing this week um, is just a, a, a magnificent um, substance known as coffee. <laughs> Um, I'm back. I'm back in the coffee. I didn't drink coffee for about two months. I was off it. Really? Yeah. Um, I've had a coffee almost every day this week. So oh, how good's coffee? Cat uh, was drinking it and I had a sip. She had like an iced one because it was a hot day and I had a sip of it and my brain literally fired up like it was... <laughs> <laughs> I'd been away for too long. I was like an addict just having that sweet little taste <laughs> and I was back. Um, but the, the, the thing I wanted to mention was I've been watching this show which is mostly nonsense, but it's... Um, have you ever watched that travel show with Zac Efron on Netflix, Tim? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, it's good. I yeah, like it. I like it too. I've been watching it. And, you know, the guy that he travels with is clearly like a, a hippie guy who tries mm. to throw in a bunch of pretend science. But um, mm-hmm. but everyone yeah. else they speak to is legit and, and I enjoy it. And I even like Zac Efron. I, I, He's good. I like him now. Um, mm. Anyway, they went to some place in Puerto Rico and they grow all their own food and they had the, um, the cocoa tree cacao and yes. um and they I'd, I'd, ne- I'd never seen the actual fruit that the beans and the, the actually came from um it's yeah i, I, I knew i knew that they were a berry and i knew that you roasted them and that's how you got coffee and oh, so that's mm. coffee sorry the chocolate uh, is what i'm talking about now because this is yeah. a mocha um <laughs> uh but I, I never knew the um I never knew the actual fruit that they, the seeds and stuff came from. Um, I did not expect it to look like that. Yeah, it's um, and apparently it's got like a little bit of a subtle taste of yeah. chocolate to it, but just not. So, yeah, yeah I, it, it is a great show. I definitely think I, it, it, it taught me a bit about water yep. as well. Yeah, d- don't, water drink, is for you. don't drink purified water because it's just yeah. filtered tap water. Drink spring water. You want the minerals. Yeah, you want the minerals. 
So there's a water som- somi- sommelier. Sommelier, Sommel- yeah. Do, do you remember? <laughs> do you remember Tim that time that you made me taste the different? I told you that I could taste the yeah, difference between yeah. tap and filter, and you said you, you didn't think I could. And then you brought me a blind <laughs> test. One was tap, and one was filtered, and I knew straight away. You're right. You're right. I you was went right. Down on the wrong day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't really know how to party. You could have tasted our Wyong tap water. I've always wanted to do that with goat's cheese versus non-goat's cheese. I always feel like I can taste the goat. <laughs> like I'm licking the back of a goat's skin. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's very musky. It's very strong, isn't mm. it, in mm. flavour? Yeah. Anyway, so my other thing was uh, travelling with, um, I don't remember the actual name of the show, but the Zac Efron travel show. Yeah, I can't think of the name of it right now either. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's Down it's to really Earth, maybe something like that. Down to Earth. Yeah. Yes. Mike, do you have another thing this week? You're listening to something, watching to something, reading something? I've been watching uh, on Amazon Prime The Moth Effect, which I think is an Australian sort of like sketch show. Um, okay. And that's been really good fun. Uh, cool. I've enjoyed that. And they've got a couple of. They've got a couple of um, famous actors like Miranda Otto is on there and David Wenham. Nice. Um, and there was one particular sketch that David Wenham did. He bought some electric um, pillow and it sort of said, you know, do you want to allow it to communicate back to the server, you know, to, to, to make your experience better. And he sort of descended into madness as the pillow kept sort of demanding and people <laughs> were like, oh, you know, just hit accept. Like no one reads those terms and conditions. <laughs> Um, and that kind of, that sort of really tickled me because it was a bit like we we're talking uh, before. Like people have got that really sort of anti-sharing their information. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you just, you just, you get lost in a sea of information. And if anyone, you know, if the government wants to know what you're up to, like it's only mm. going to take them five minutes and, and they're mm. there, right? We just got to accept that. <laughs> exactly right. And how, and how else way. would people make indexes if, if no one shared their <laughs> yeah. information? So. And, you know, if I'm too busy building bunkers and setting booby traps because people <laughs> are trying to pinch my stuff because we live in some post-apocalyptic sort of world, then I'm not going to be able to go, oh, like Melbourne's got a lot of vacancies. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, actually. The Moth Effect is is an interesting name. I was recently informed that um, Moth or Mothy should actually be a nickname for me. What do you guys think about that? Interesting. Why is that? I've just lost my uh, headphones because we've reached (laughs) one hour. (laughs) Why is is, is Mothy meant to be a nickname for you, Tim? Can you hear us yet? Well, okay, I'm back now. Um, So my name is Timothy. And, uh, and yeah, so people should call me uh, the moth. The moth man. The mm. moth man. Yeah, mm. I'm not sure how I feel about it. but uh, I don't think it's going to take off. I'm going to call you a caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's end it there. If you want to get in touch uh, at 2drunkpodcast at gmail.com. Um, not at, sorry, just 2drunkpodcast at gmail.com. At 2drunkaccountants on all the socials. Write in. Join our Facebook community page. We're posting more and more on there. And also, you'll get the first access to our online system, which is coming soon. Um, so, be excited for that. Uh, Mike, if people want to get in touch with you or if they, they need your services, where do they find you? Uh, I'm on the Facebook as well. So, um, the company's MCG Quantity Surveyors. Um, and I'm Mike Mortlock. Uh, and you can Google me, I suppose. Hopefully nothing <laughs> weird shows up. Um, yeah, happy to help. Whatever you need. Odd jobs. 
and and suburb trolls as well. Trolls. Yeah, check out the podcast um, because someone has to. Um, <laughs> but be be warned. I actually like when I uploaded one the other day. I had to pick explicit because there is some fruity language on it. Sometimes yeah. it's getting out of control. It's a. Ru- it's probably going to ruin my career. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought the same about the two drunk accountants, but it was fine. Mm. Oh, yeah. but it's- it's launched you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't feel like it's going to do the same thing for me, but anyway, we'll find out. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll be back next week with another new episode. Uh, I guess we will calculate it.